Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. Well, let's jump right in today. Uh, The title of the message, we are still in our Defining Moments series, and this is a fantastic series. I hope you're enjoying it. If you've missed any of the weeks, I would encourage you to go onto our podcast. We have uh, on on Apple and also on Android, it's Oaks Church, Texas. Oaks Church, Texas is the podcast. You can also find it on our website, oakschurch.com. Uh, com, and you can find that and get caught up on all the different things that are going on. So we want to definitely want to welcome all our online people. If there's anybody, all three of you may be watching today on our line for the very first time. My mom, my dad, my sister. I know there's three at least, right? So hey fam, uh, good to see you. But uh, anyway, it's going to be a great, great, great day. Um, but let's do this. Let's dive in today. This message, Defining Moments, has been a powerful message. We've walked through so many different experiences with Jesus and in Jesus's life and what they mean to us and what they represent and how we can connect to them. First, we looked at his baptism and how the obedience of Jesus opened up heaven for him and released the supernatural in his life. The second thing we looked at was the miracle, the first miracle of Jesus turning water into wine and specifically how Jesus's submission to his mother opened the door and was a key for the supernatural to be unleashed in his life. And then last week, Uh, We looked at the transfiguration, how Jesus literally transformed into his glorified body. And the picture was that each and every one of us, we are the jars of clay that Jesus hides himself, his presence inside of. And it's our uh, responsibility to grow. Today, we're going to look at what's called the triumphal entry. This is Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. All the kids in class, they've got these little uh, palm leaves that they're all waving around right now. I know some of you were probably thinking, where are the darn palm leaves? The kids got them. That's what happened to the palm leaves today. Uh, but we're going to walk through the beauty of this moment and what it represents and how, it, uh, how we can respond to this in our own personal lives. And I'm going to take you to a verse in Psalms chapter 24. This is actually a thousand-year-old prophecy in Psalms that connects in. Or actually, it's 3,000 years old now, but it was a thousand years from the time it was, uh, where it was sung and it was penned in Psalms, and it became a prophecy of the coming Lord. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Arise and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. This was a prophetic picture of Jesus who would enter in as the King of kings and specifically as the Messiah that the people of Israel had been looking for and believing for and watching for for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so we come to that story in just a moment, but I want to take just a second and I want to make sure that I connect maybe with you for a a moment on this. Have you ever been outside of something waiting for it to open with anticipation? Maybe in a place where uh, you were going to watch a ball game and everyone was outside or maybe it was a Broadway show or a musical or, or, or do we have any Black Friday shoppers? Any Black Friday folks here? Y'all are crazy, right? 4 a.m., man, you're all in like black camouflage, got the beanie on, you right? You know, face paint ready. You're outside of Walmart and you're looking at the lady next to you and you're like, uh-uh, lady, I got this. I'm going for that 50-inch plasma and you ain't getting it. Do they even make plasma? 
Vespas anymore? They're all LED. I don't know. That just kind of made me. Maybe they do? Okay, good. Just checking with my tech folk over here. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm, not a, I'm not a Black Friday person. I'm an Amazon Prime person. I'm like, just show up at my house. Uh, I'll, I'll, take my, I'll take it that way. That's what we do. But we had the experience a few months ago. I, I spoke in Flagstaff at a church, and this church is a really fun church, and they, from Flagstaff, they do all these little, little one-day and two-day little vacations, and their congregation goes and does these all these cool little vacations, and so they did a Disneyland, they do a Disneyland trip every single week, and so we flew out and got to go to Disneyland every single year, thank you, uh, and we flew out and went to Disneyland, and we were there, we'd never been before, I hadn't been in Disneyland since I was maybe, I don't know, five or something like that, and lived in San Diego, and, and so here we are, and my kids are going going nuts. We're out. We, we get there. These people are like professional Disneyland folks, okay? Landon and Emily, you'll meet them in a few months. They'll, uh, they'll be here in the summer. They're going to speak to us, uh, powerful, great pastors uh, in Flagstaff. And, and so we're there, and they're pros. I mean, these, when, when you have adults in their 30s that go to Disney three times or four times a year, it's either they're very committed and, or they're mentally ill. It's one or the other. I'm saying committed. These are my friends, so I'm not going... I'm not going on the mentally ill, but they're professionals. And so it's 8 a.m. We're out front. The kids are excited. We're going nuts. And, and, and finally they open the gates and it's like the herds of people coming through. And then we come into another area and now we're blocked off again. And then all of a sudden the, the music comes on. This Disney and this whole park has opened up and you're crossing the bridge and you're seeing the castle. And it was this magical moment, this frenzy and people are going crazy. I've never seen anything like it. And, and, and so that takes us to our story in Jerusalem on this Passover Sunday or this Passover week. And we see the story of Jesus and the frenzy. I want to help you understand part of the frenzy that was going on, the excitement that is connected to this story. Um, and I want to make sure that you understand how important it is that you see the different things that have connected together to bring this moment, right? So you have, you have dozens of, of prophets that have prophesied this moment coming together. You have a guy named John the Baptist who shows up on the scene and begins to say things like, the one that I uh, show you is the Lamb of God who's come to take the sin away from the world. I'm not even worthy to tie his sandals. And this was the greatest prophet of their modern age. And Jesus said the greatest prophet that had ever lived. And he's declaring that Jesus is that coming Messiah. People are going nuts about this Jesus who's doing miracles. Blind eyes are opened. Deaf ears are, are now hearing. People that can't walk are now jumping up and down. And then if that's not enough, a couple weeks before this story I'm about to read to you, Jesus goes to the house of one of his friends, a guy named Lazarus, and, and Lazarus had been dead for four days. Jesus was very close with his family. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were siblings, and Jesus was very close friends with them. And Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick and then died, and Jesus shows up, and he raises Lazarus from the dead, right? We know this story from the book of John. And John, he records of the story I'm about to read, his version, all four gospels have this story story that Lazarus was with him and he was Jesus before he makes this entry into Jerusalem. He actually is at Lazarus's house. Lazarus was dead a few weeks earlier. Now he's alive. Jesus is hanging out, having lunch with his ex-dead buddy, right? And they're having a good time. And everyone knows the word is spreading like crazy. And the town that Lazarus lived in was just over the hill from Jerusalem. It was just a little, just a, a, a bit of a walk over the hill. So he's there and Mary comes out, the sister. And this is the day that she breaks open a, a, a bottle of perfume that's literally in our currency. Our current currency would be worth about $40,000. 
is this bottle of perfume, breaks it open, pours it over, anoints Jesus's feet, wipes it off with her hair. The fragrance fills the whole room. This is, all of this is happening just moments before the story I'm going to read to you. All of these things culminating. And the people are in such a frenzy. Now Jesus, everywhere he goes, he smells this unbelievable smell that just fills the place. His disciples say, hey, go. He sends them to get this donkey and they ride in. And it says that the Jewish people were so angry because of the story of Lazarus and how many people that the, the Pharisees and the, the scribes, how many people were coming to Christ because of the miracle of Lazarus. And one of the things we don't see is that as Jesus is riding in, Lazarus is, is alongside with him. Laz, the, the, the actual resurrected friend is with him in this procession. And the people were, the, these scholars were furious and they didn't only want to kill Jesus, they wanted to re-kill Lazarus. Because his story was too powerful. And it says, it says that they were just hopeless. They said, the whole world has gone after him. So this is the frenzy I want you to see is being created in this moment. And as the story goes, this is Matthew chapter 21 verse 1. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, they sent Jesus, two disciples, or he said to his two disciples, saying to them, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied to a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me, and if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately as they said, as he sent, uh, sent them, and this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet Zechariah, uh, saying, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. That's about four or five hundred years before this moment that was prophesied. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them and brought the donkey and the colt and laid their clothes on him and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the ground. Come on, this is Bieber fever like you've never seen before. All right. People just taking off their clothes and throwing them on the, and just, just let Jesus walk. If he could just walk across my clothes, if his donkey could walk across my jacket, right? I mean, these people have this incredible frenzy uh, going on, and others cut down branches of trees and spread them on the road, and the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out, Hosanna to the son of David, or save us now. That's what Hosanna means. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Again, these are Psalms that were written hundreds of years before that now the people are connecting the dots and they're saying, this is our Messiah King. He's entering Jerusalem. We're finally saved. The Romans will have no more power over us. We'll no longer be underneath their rule. We're finally saved, our Messiah is here. Hosanna. And when he had come into Jerusalem, watch this, and all the city was moved saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. And then Jesus went into the temple. Watch the first thing he does. He went into the temple of God and he drove out all of those who bought and sold in the temple and he overturned their tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and healed them. Somebody say, in the temple. But when he, the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant and said to him, do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants? You have perfected praise. 
John's version says that Jesus responded to them and said, look, if I tell them to be quiet, the rocks themselves will cry out. This is the moment, a beautiful picture that the king of glory wrote in. He wrote in through the gates of Jerusalem. He came in through the doorway into the city. This is an amazing picture and a story. The king of glory has come in. Can I tell you that the king of glory has come in? The king of glory, Jesus Christ, the king of kings has come in. He came into this world. He lived for you. He died for you. He rose again for you. Next week, we'll be celebrating Easter, one of the, the most uh, important holiday that there is. I believe in our Christian history and our Christian uh, faith, the two most important holidays we have are Easter and Pentecost. A lot of people think Christmas. It's important that he came. It's important that Jesus was born. I'm going to put Christmas as the, th as the third one, okay? And I know that sounds crazy and flipped upside down. It's great that he was born. But if, but if he didn't actually obey and do everything that God told him to do and die for us and be resurrected, th there would be no salvation. If he didn't complete the path and complete the process and send down the Holy Spirit on Pentecost Sunday to come and live inside of us, his job would not have been fulfilled. Pentecost is one of the biggest things that we have in the Christian faith to understand that the mission of Jesus Christ was not just to get you to heaven. The mission of Jesus Christ was to get heaven into you. The mission of Jesus Christ was actually to get the Holy Spirit of God to come and fill and live inside of you to reconnect the dots and awaken you back to the place where Adam and Eve had the opportunity in the Garden of Eden that they had daily communion and they lived in the presence of God. And that's what Jesus came to fulfill. And that's what he did. And in 50, uh, it's actually about 57 days from now, we'll celebrate Pentecost, and it's going to be a beautiful celebration that we'll uh, have here at Oaks Church, and I'm glad that you will be here and be a part of that. The King of Glory has come in. Let's look at a couple of the symbolic things in this story. Number one, the donkey. What was the symbolism of the donkey? The donkey, number one, it was fulfilling a prophecy, but bigger than that, it was a picture of who Jesus is. Jesus was riding in on a foal or a colt, a male colt of a donkey. Theologians believe in Matthew's story uh, shows that there were actually two donkeys there. There was a mother donkey, and then there was the male colt that had never been ridden. And according to Matthew's story, and it aligns with the story of Zechariah, that there were two donkeys. The other uh, messengers, or Luke, Luke and Mark and John don't mention the second donkey because the baby donkey, the foal, was the most important one. But there was a mother donkey apparently that walked alongside and helped keep the baby donkey uh, uh, calm as it went. And the picture that Jesus riding in on a donkey was the picture of a king coming in peace. It's the picture of a king of peace. Now, this is the second thing that Jesus did. He comes in as the king of peace. We've heard him named the prince of peace. But then he goes directly into the temple and he sets things right or he creates righteousness in the temple. So in this story, we see a picture of the king of peace and we see a picture of the king of righteousness setting things right in God's house. And this is a prototype of someone that we saw early in scripture uh, in the days of Abraham, where Abraham went and he fought and he won back his, uh, his nephew Lot into his family when he was captured. And there was a king priest that came out to greet him named Melchizedek. Do you remember the story of Melchizedek? Melchizedek, the name Melchizedek means king of righteousness. And he was the king of Salem, which means peace. 
And he was also the high priest of El Elyon, the most high God. So we see here in this this prophetic picture, because theologians believe that Melchizedek was potentially a theophany or a moment in time where Jesus, God incarnate, comes and, and existed in the earth in a form to create an experience that people could have with him. There are a number of different theophanies in scripture that maybe we'll walk through at different times or dates. But if nothing else, Melchizedek was a type or a shadow or a prototype of what the Messiah would look like. He would be a king of peace. He would be a king of righteousness. And he would be the high priest of the most high God. And that's the picture that we see of Jesus in this story. He's a king of peace on a donkey. Listen, when Jesus comes back, he's going to be on a white war horse. Do you understand that? Very different imagery when Jesus returns. And you know he's coming back, don't you? He's coming back. He has risen again, and he's coming back again. And when he comes back again, he's coming back as a king of war to vanquish darkness once and for all. He'll be on a white war horse with a double-edged sword, and we'll be with him. All right, And it's going to be a powerful thing according to the book of Revelation that we need to wrap our brains around it, as hard as it is. But in this story, he's a king of peace and he's a king of righteousness. And he did way more than just turn over tables. He did way more than just turn over tables. Jesus introduced the all-inclusive kingdom. Jesus introduced an all-inclusive kingdom. See, what Jesus did when he went in, and listen, there's no way to tick somebody off more than to mess with their money. Okay, right? Anybody ever been on the phone with AT&T because they messed with your money? It's the worst customer service experience I ever had. AT&T, two and a half hours of, I'm sorry, I can't help you. Let me redirect you. They just want you to, I'm going to get off of that, all right? Because I could spend the next 45 minutes ranting on that one, all right? But, but we, we've had the experience of someone messing with our money and it ticks us off. Jesus turned over their tables, but it wasn't about the money this time. See, he'd done that before. This wasn't the first time that Jesus turned over the tables in the temple. This was another time that he turned over. The second time. The first time I talked to you about a couple weeks ago, and he came in with a whip. Jesus wasn't in a peaceful mood the day that he came in with the whip. This time he turns over the tables, but he has no whip, and he doesn't leave. This time, Jesus sets up shop in the temple. You understand this? Jesus establishes the, the ministry of the high priest of heaven in the temple. And for the very first time in Jewish history, he allows everyone to come in. See, according to Jewish law, if you were unclean, you couldn't come in. If you had disease, you couldn't come in. If you had any defect, you couldn't come in. If you were blind, couldn't come in. Deaf, couldn't come in. Lame, couldn't come in. Any type of issues, if you had a rash, you could not come in. Jesus didn't just turn over tables. Jesus opened the whole gate. He opened the door. He let everyone come inside. That's why they're so angry. He turned over the whole religious system, not just the tables. He turned the whole thing upside down. He let the blind, the lame, the deaf, the sick, the unclean come into the temple and he healed them inside. Why is that so important? Because it's the complete flip and opposite I'm going to say the complete flipping opposite. That's a better way to say it. Of every other religion on the planet. It's, it's flipped upside down. Every religion. The word religion means, by definition, man's attempts to get close to God. 
What we have is the opposite. We have God's attempt to get close to man. That's what we have. Christianity in its purest form is not religion. In its purest form, it's relationship with the living God because of faith in Jesus Christ. And it's all-inclusive. It's all-inclusive. Everyone's invited. Everyone's welcome in. And it's not just all-inclusive for everyone. It's all-inclusive for everything available in heaven. Everything that God has available is made available to you because it's an all-inclusive experience. So healing is yours. Provision is yours. Gifts of the Spirit are yours. Tongues and prophecy are yours. Miracles are yours. Righteousness is yours. Uh, Victory is yours. All of the things that Jesus came to purchase for you with his blood, it's all available. It's all inclusive and all people are included. And for the first time in human history, you didn't have to get cleaned up to come in. You got to come in just as you were. Oh, that's good news. You got to come in just as you were. And once you came in, then he cleans you up. Come on. This is the best. That's why it's called the gospel. That's why it's called the good news. So are you inclusive or exclusive? Are you inclusive or exclusive? See, there are certain things, and this is just human nature. There are certain things that I'm exclusive about. When we go on vacation, I want a private house on a private beach. I don't want to be in a resort with 8,000 other people. I don't want college kids. I love you, college kids. Love you. But I don't want you on my vacation. Right? I want to relax. I want an exclusive vacation. I want to be where someone, where other people can't go. Because I, I, I want to be alone. I work with people for a living and I love people. But when I go on vacation, I want exclusive. You may have someone, holy ghost right there. Okay. You, you may have things in your life. You may like an exclusive car. You may like a car that other people can't drive. You may like exclusive shoes or handbags. You may have certain things in your life. You, you, you might, there, there are lots of things in life and their taste and it's preference and it's whatever. But listen, when it comes to the kingdom of the living God, we can't be exclusive. It's inclusive. In fact, it's all inclusive. How are you in that? Are you open? Are you all inclusive to everything that Jesus Christ died to purchase for you with his blood? Are you all inclusive? Are you open completely to the gifts of the spirit? Are you open and completely to, come on, there's a lot of different faiths. There's a lot of different denominations. There's a lot of different places that they lop off portions of scripture. They cut off sections of the Bible and they say, nope, that's not for today anymore. God doesn't heal anymore. God doesn't do miracles like that anymore. God doesn't, the gift of tongues isn't for today. Prophecy's not for today. All those things have ceased. There are different parts of the Christian faith that lop off these different things and they create an exclusive experience that's not everything that Jesus purchased for. See, the picture that we see in scripture is Jesus said, these things that you have seen me do, you will do in even greater things if you believe in me. Jesus created an experience that was an ever-increasing experience, not a diminishing experience. And there are a lot of people that teach a diminishing experience that Jesus and his 12 homeboys had the good stuff and when they died, that was over. And now we get to struggle through life and suffer through life. But good for you, one day you'll make it to heaven. Listen, heaven is the biggest news there is. 
but it doesn't have to be hell until you get there. Jesus said you'll have life and life more abundantly. Jesus said you could have heaven here on earth. When Jesus showed up, the picture that we see in the scripture is the picture of kingdom. And the picture that we see is Jesus showing up and he literally made earth look like heaven everywhere he went. And he told us to be like him. And we've got to be people that recognize that it's important that we don't leave any part of scripture out. But we're open to everything Jesus has for us. Are you open? Are you inclusive? Could it be that God could use you in a way that you've never been used before? Could it be that God could give you a spiritual gift that you've never used before? Could it be that God could give you influence to be used for him in a way? And you're like, well, Joel, I'm not the preacher. Listen, everybody's preaching something. Everybody has a soapbox. Everybody has something that they'll stand up and they'll speak out against. And maybe yours is baby sea turtles or whatever cause there is out there. But everybody has some kind of a platform that they get all worked up and feisty about. And listen, every single one of us, Jesus should be a part of our platform. Amen? And it doesn't mean that you have to be some kind of a radical street preacher out there with signs telling people the way to heaven, but you need to make sure that everyone that comes in contact with you, you're prayerful and you're looking for opportunities to shine the light of Christ into their life, to glow like we talked about last week. Amen? How about this? Are you exclusive with the people that you want in this church? Are you exclusive with the people you want to sit by? Are you exclusive... When it comes to God's people, because all people are God's people. It's the desire for God that all men should come to repentance and salvation. Are you exclusive when it comes to Muslims or Hindus? Are you exclusive when it comes to criminals? Are you exclusive when it comes to homosexuals? Are you exclusive when it comes to people of different political parties? Come on, guys. We live in a nation that is so divided and so exclusive Different races, are you exclusive in that way? I know this church isn't like that. But we've got to be all inclusive. I want this church filled with people that are looking for Jesus and maybe don't even know it yet. I want this church filled, come on. Uh, guess what, let me tell you, news flash. This church is filled with people right now, in this moment, that have issues and problems. Personality defects. This is an imperfect church led by imperfect people. And we all need Jesus. And if we're so, listen, if we're so exclusive, we'll end up excluding ourselves. And we've got to make sure that we are inclusive people. We need to be intentionally inclusive with people that have different belief systems, that have different backgrounds, different experiences. They're on a different part of their journey. Who are we to say whether or not he can save that person and what impact we might have in their life in the meantime? And if we're so exclusive, come on, and I get this, and, and as a parent, I want my kids, I'm an, <laughs> I can be an exclusive parent. I don't want my kid hanging out with that kid. I get that. But at the end of the day, I've got to prepare my kids to be able to reach that kid, not to shun that kid, right? And so there's a time that, that it takes that I need to make sure my kid's strong enough and maybe I create parameters and maybe this kid can come to our house, but we're ready for you to go to their house. I don't know. We got to figure that thing out as we go, but we've got to be people that are looking for inclusive moments because of this specific reality. You are the gates. Lift up your head, O ye gates, 
Lift up your head, O ye doors, for the king of glory is coming in. He has come in, and the only way he's going to make a difference in the world around us is if he does it through you. You are the gate that he flows through. You are the door that he operates through. If you don't open the door for the gifts of the Spirit, if you don't open the door for the anointing of the Most High God, if you don't open the door for God to do things in the world around you, he won't get to do them. You are the gate. You are the door. The people in your spiel, oh, God, save them. What are you doing about it? God, be with that person. What are you doing? You are that gate. You are that door. If they're going to enter the kingdom, they're going to enter it through someone like you. Is it going to be you or does he need to send somebody else? Come on, there's a time in my life. Oh my God. Have you ever had people that you love hate? You love them, but you hate to be around them. Not your family. Don't elbow nobody. Right? But love hate. And, and I, I got a guy in my life at one point in time that I love hated. And I loved him, but he drove me nuts. Oh my God, I wanted to strangle him every chance that I got. And there was one moment that he was talking so much trash to me. He thought that he could go toe-to-toe with me in the ring because he watched MMA on TV. And I'm like, are you out of your mind, dude? I've been boxing, fighting, kickboxing, march. I've been doing this for 25 years. You can't even get in the ring. You couldn't even hit me, number one. Number two, you would be dead meat. He's like, no, I watch, I watch MMA. I could totally hang with you. I'm like, bro, I've got boxing gloves in my car right now. He goes, go get them. Thank you, Jesus. I went and got those boxing gloves. We went back inside the church. I beat the stuffing out of this guy in the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Right? Best day of my life. Bloody nose. It's a great day. Love, hate. And there was a time where I literally was praying, God, get him out of my life. He drives me nuts. I drive him nuts. He doesn't want to be here. I don't want him to be here. Get him out of my life. And God said, Joel, every father figure in his life has rejected him and shunned him. Are you going to reject him too? Do I need to go find someone else, Joel? I thought I could trust you with this. I said, okay. And then I made it my mission that I would be the best spiritual father figure I could. I still beat him up from time to time, (laughs) as every father should. (laughs) But I loved him, and I embraced him, and I gave myself to him. And then when it was time, the Lord released him, and he went his own way and has done his own thing, and God bless him, right? But guys, it's up to us. Are are we going to keep passing the buck? Are we going to keep shunning this thing and pushing it down the road and hoping someone else fix it? Are we going to ever step up into the moment and say, gosh darn it, I'm going to be the gate that God flows through into the lives of these people. I'm going to be the individual that God can use. I'll be the door that helps this person come to Christ. Come on, next week you have the most important day of your Christian faith next week, Sunday. It's the number one day that people come to church. If they don't ever go to church, they'll come on Easter. And the number one thing that makes people come is if someone they know invites them. 
You've got little cards that we put on the chairs. You can get 50 more of them. Let's make, come on, we're doing two services. We're going to pack this thing out, fill up chairs everywhere. We want to make a a holy mess next week, all right? And we'll sort it out the week after. But I want to encourage you to this week be the gate. Be the door that God can use to open up his goodness for somebody else in your world. Amen? Let me give you a couple of quick things, quick practical steps. Number one, this is a great verse, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. This is Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Jesus says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears me and hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down on my father's throne. This is a beautiful picture of Jesus Christ knocking on the door of your life. Knocking on the door of your life. Number one thing, open the door for Jesus in your life. Open the door for Jesus on a daily basis. He stands at the door. Listen, it doesn't just come. Jesus, contrary to popular belief, Jesus doesn't only want to see you on Sunday. He wants to see you every day, as my kids say. Right? He wants to see you all the time. He knocks on the door of your life constantly. Open the door for Jesus in your life. Create moments for him in your life. Create priority for him in your life. Number two, Open your life to all he has. Open your life to all, he's, all he has. Don't say, no, 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 that's not for me. Come on, all through scripture, there are stories of people that said, not me, Jesus, pick someone else. No, 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 I, I, I can't do that. No, I'm not cut out for that. No, I've, I've got too much. You, you don't know about my past, Jesus. Yes, he does. Come on, if, if Paul, who was Saul, had let that excuse talk him out of it, We wouldn't have the Bible like we have it today. Saul had murdered countless Christians thinking he was doing Jehovah a favor. And Jesus Christ had to personally show up and knock him off his donkey and wake him up. And every time Paul got up to preach, he stood on the platform, not literally but figuratively, he stood on the platform of dead bones that he was responsible. Families destroyed and he was responsible personally His pulpit, his platform was a platform of massacre. People were terrified of him because of his past. But Jesus turned that all around. Your past isn't too dark. Your ability is not too limited. God has used much more limited people than you to do amazing things in the earth. Will you open the door, not just to him, but for everything he wants, everything he wants to release in your life, all of him. Last one, will you open the door for others? Will you be the type of person that lives to open the door for other people? That can't wait. To, to, that literally every day, pray this prayer every day. Father, send me someone that needs you today. Every day, simple prayer. Father, send me someone that needs you today. And, and just you're, all day long, you're looking, how can I shine light? How can I give love? How can I release mercy? How, how, how can I not judge? Oh, it's so easy to judge. It's so easy to look down our nose at folks. It's so easy. And, and listen, the cleaner you get spiritually, the easier it is to spot the stains in other people. And the trap is that now that you're all cleaned up, you look down at other people. It's called a haughty look. And it's one of the seven things 
that God hates. And it's sadly one of the things that's so prevalent in the church is a haughty look. Oh, well, they're this. Oh, they're that. Oh, well, they're... And, and we look down at people as opposed to recognizing that if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would be just as lost. And you're the gate. You're the gate. Can I pray for you today? Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your power toward us that believe. Your word says that we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The King of glory has come in. He has come in. I'm going to take just a second. We got time today. Listen, if you need Jesus in your life, if you need healing in your life, if you need forgiveness in your life, you need healing in your relationships, relationship with him, relationship with other people, this is a moment right now just to get right with him. Just to get right with him. Say this, Father, come into my life. I need your help. Heal my relationships. Make me right with you. Help me to get right with others. Restore peace in my life. I need the King of Peace to come into my life. I need the King of Righteousness to come into my life. Jesus, I put my faith in you. I live for you. I believe you rose from the dead. And I'm saved. In Jesus' name. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.